I want you to think back with me right now. Think back to March the 11th, 2020. Do you remember where you were? I remember I was sitting in my living room with remote control in hand, found the Thunder game, made it about five minutes before tip-off. I was excited to watch NBA basketball. The Thunder had been doing had been doing well, having a great season, making a strong push for the playoffs, and we're getting ready to play a playoff contender, the Utah Jazz that night. And I'm waiting, and I'm thinking, why haven't they tipped off yet? And they said the game is delayed. And then 10 minutes or so later, there was a breaking news announcement. Rudy Gobert, center for the Utah Jazz, has contacted COVID-19 and the game was canceled. I had no idea on March 11th, around 7.15 p.m., I would have never predicted what would unravel and unfold in our world in the days, weeks, and months ahead. We immediately canceled our spring break trip as a family that Wednesday night. And the days ahead, the NBA and other sports shut down. Schools, buildings were closed for the rest of the school year. Businesses, many closed buildings, church buildings closed. And for the first time in the history of our church, we took all of our services and all of our ministries online. Much of the entire world shut down, quarantined to home, social distancing, mask. I still can't figure out why there was no toilet paper. I don't understand that one still, but couldn't find any toilet paper in the stores. And there was no sanitizer. People isolated, lonely. Millions filed for unemployment. And in the midst of this pandemic, there was the horrific death of George Floyd and racial tension, protesting, rioting, States opening, states reclosing, schools now, right now in the process, opening. Some are opening every day. Some are two days a week. Some are delaying until a little later date to, to, to go on, move from online to in person. Listen, our world is not the same as it was on March 11th. It's a new day. It's a new normal. And this pandemic has exposed where people really are. It's exposed people's priorities. It, it, it's exposed relationships. It's exposed marriages. It's exposed schedules and unhealthy schedules. It's exposed where people get their joy and their peace and their happiness. It's exposed that some people were propped up on church and not on Jesus. It's exposed that some people were worshiping worship and not worshiping Jesus because people spiritually, a lot of them are crumbling. A lot of people are dying spiritually. And as a spiritual leader, as a pastor, I'm concerned about the state of people. I'm, as your pastor, I'm concerned about you. 
And I'm convinced in this season, in this time more than ever before, we need a word from the Lord. And today I believe I've got a word from the Lord out of Daniel chapter number 9. And I'm going to pick up reading in verse number 1. It was, fir- it was the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede, the son of Azarius, and if you don't know how to say it, you just say it fast and quick and confident, and everybody thinks you got it right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I don't know what his name is. Uh, uh, amen. But who became king of the Babylonians during the first year of his reign? I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord and revealed to Jeremiah the prophet that Jerusalem lied desolate for 70 years. Church, catch this. Catch what's happening with Jerusalem. Let me quickly explain history here. Israel has repeatedly ignored and forsaken God's law and covenant. And because of their sin, it was approximately 605 B.C. that Jerusalem was seized and God's people were captured by the Babylonians and would spend 70 long years in captivity and ba- ba- Babylon ba- back in those days they were the it was kind of the center of idolatry it was a wicked city in the ancient world it was a very challenging hard and difficult season for God's people And I want to show you how God's people should respond during challenging and difficult seasons. And here it goes. Here's here's the first thing. I got to get in your heart today, church, on this state of the church address. And number one is this. Recognize we are in a spiritual battle. We are in a spiritual battle. I want you to notice verse number three in Daniel chapter nine. It says, Daniel said, so I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition in fasting and sackcloth and, and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. I, I want you to notice that Daniel's first response wasn't to try to escape. It wasn't to get some weapons. It wasn't to devise a plan of attack. No, his first response was to turn to the Lord. Daniel recognized what we all must recognize. He recognized that him and the nation of Israel were in a spiritual battle. And I want you to recognize this. Every single one of us is in a spiritual battle. If you miss this, you're going to miss how to have a breakthrough. You're going to miss one of the major keys to winning the battles you're facing in life right now. Everything is more spiritual than many of you realize. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 says, For our struggle, our battle, our wrestle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our battle isn't against flesh and blood. It's against spiritual forces. Matter of fact, we see this in in this story. You see it in chapter 9, but also in chapter 10. Let me take you to to Daniel chapter 10, verse 13. It says, "But but, but, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked 
my way. Daniel said, man, there was something happening in the spirit realm that blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of life kingdom of Persia. You see, I want you to catch this. Daniel realized that what he and the nation were facing wasn't just a physical battle. He realized first and foremost, this is a spiritual battle. And oftentimes we get it backwards. Oftentimes we put all of our attention and focus on the physical and we don't even think about the spiritual. And the battles that you're facing in life are more spiritual than you realize. Your problem might have a name like Tina, your problem might have a name. You're like, you know, it's Jim or it's Antonio or it's Shamika or it's Reba. And your problem, you might think it's just work or it's marriage or no, I'm telling you, my problem is just money. Just need more of it. It's just these kids. It's, I'm telling you, my problem is relationships. I'm, no, my problem is, is just it's this little lying. It's it's little pride. It's little racism. It's a it's it's just a little it's just a little greed. And no, my my problem. I'm thinking. I know what it is and what I'm saying oftentimes we don't realize that our problem is more spiritual than we realize and I'm not saying this to minimize a plan I'm not saying this to minimize a strategy to minimize resources or to minimize action no 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 I'm simply saying before you get your plan before you get your strategy before you get your resources and before you move into action don't depend on that first first depend on God first lean on God first realize that what you're facing and what you're fighting is more spiritual than you realize and when you recognize this, when you recognize, when you start getting spiritual understanding and insight and you recognize, boy, this is more spiritual than I thought. I really am in a spiritual battle. You start to realize, number two, spiritual battles must be fought with spiritual weapons. You see, the surefire way to lose a spiritual battle is to fight it in the physical and you must first fight a spiritual battle with spiritual weapons. I want you to see what, what Daniel says in Daniel chapter 9, verse number 3. He says, so I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. The nation was going through crisis, and he pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. I also wore rough burlap and sprinkled myself with ashes. The Bible says Daniel pleaded. To, to plead means to strive after. So he wasn't just having a casual conversation with God. He was striving. He was pressing. He was crying out to God. He was pleading to God with prayer and fasting. And tomorrow, we're starting 14 days of prayer so that we can plead to God as a church. We're going to plead, we're going to cry out to God with prayer and with fasting. Church, can I tell you, we have to seek God. Some of us are turning to all the wrong things and we're not realizing this is more spiritual than I realized. I didn't realize, I just thought it was a little work. I just thought it was that a person. I just, no, 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 no. It's more spiritual than you realize and we have to seek God. Some of you more need a move of God in your life. And it says this, he wore burlap and 
or, or sackcloth, which represented submission or humbling oneself before God. And church, can I tell you, we need to humble ourselves before God. That, that's, that's what Daniel did. Prayed and fasted, humbled himself before God. And tomorrow morning at 5 a.m., when you wake up for prayer and fasting, somebody just said, the devil is a liar. <laughs> no, humble yourself. Humble yourself. Can I tell you, it's humbling getting up at 5 in the morning and driving to the church. But save one thing, I'm coming to plead with God. Those of you not comfortable coming to the building, would you get up at 5 a.m.? It'll be streaming live on all of our streaming platforms. Would you set your heart to seeking the face of God at 6 a.m. in the morning, humbling yourself by not eating? For one week, we're fasting and praying as a church. For the first seven days, it's prayer and fasting. The next seven will just be prayer, but by, by not eating, but may, maybe not watching television for a week, maybe not looking at social media for a week. Let's humble ourselves before God these next 14 days and seek the face of God. The Bible says he sprinkled himself with ashes, which represented sorrow for sins. So when, when someone wore sackcloth and ashes in those days, it, it represented humility, mourning, and repentance. To win a spiritual battle, we have to have humility and repentance. I want you to see this in Daniel chapter 9 and, and verse number 5. It says, Daniel cried out to God. He pleaded with God. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets. We spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and, and our ancestors, and to all of the people of the land. Verse 8 goes on to say this, Daniel. He has this, this, this prayer, this, this cry out to God this this repentance this acknowledging of sin he goes we we and our kings our princes and our ancestors are covered with shame Lord because we have sinned against you and church I'm asking all of us for the next 14 days can we examine ourselves we we all blow it we all fall short is there anything in this season that's pulled you away from God? Would you, these next 14 days, examine and then repent? Repent's such a beautiful word. Simply means to turn, to turn away from, to go a different direction. And is there something you might need to repent from? Lying or cheating or lukewarmness or pornography or sexual sin, depending on yourself. Is, is there something that, that in this season, Daniel said, oh, God, we cry out, and, Lord, we've messed up, and we've sinned, we've drifted from you. Is there something in your life that you say, God, I need to turn from in this season and turn to you? And, church, here's what you got to understand. Here's, here, here, it's, it's just for our life and our church. God responds to prayer, fasting, humility, and repentance. God responds. I want you to see this in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 20. While I was speaking and praying, here Daniel is speaking and, and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and making my request to the Lord my God for his holy hill. Verse 21, and, and while I was still in prayer, Gabriel 
Israel, the man I had seen in the, in, the, in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. Notice verse 23. This so blessed my heart. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. The Bible says as soon as Daniel began to pray, fast, humble himself, and repent, God began to move. Church, you got to catch this. As soon as he started to seek the Lord, God began to move on his behalf. And tomorrow, I believe with all of my heart, as we begin to pray at 6 a.m. in the morning, as we start fasting tomorrow, as we humble ourselves, as we repent, God is going to begin to move. Oh, and me and church, we need God to move in our situation. I believe it that when we pray and fast tomorrow, when we start seeking God, God's going to begin to move in some of your situations with a miracle. He's going to move with a breakthrough. God's going to begin to move with healing power. God's going to begin to move with, uh, with, with, with provision. I believe some of you are going to see depression lifted off of your life as we begin to pray and fast. God's going to begin to pour in joy and peace. I believe some of you are going to see relationships restored as we begin to pray and fast as a church. As soon as as Daniel began to pray, the Bible says God began to, Daniel didn't even know it, but God was on the move. Even when you don't see it, he's working. If you get up at 6 a.m., you get to prayer and see God, even when you don't feel it, he's working. Church, let's seek the face of God these next 14 days we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives personally in our church in Oklahoma in Indiana in our nation in our world we need a move of God and we got to pray we got to seek the face of God number three is this here's the third thing I want you to see this is so critical God will fulfill his promises to his people this is, this is so heavy on my heart to give to you today. God will fulfill his promises to his people. Daniel chapter 4, chapter 9, verse 4 says, I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, you are great and, all, and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands. And church, never forget, no matter how crazy things get, if we set our face to seek the Lord, God will fulfill his promises in our life. God promised Daniel that Israel would rebuild Jerusalem after it had been destroyed by the Babylonians. And I want you to just see this, what God tells the nation of Israel, this promise he tells them in, in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 25. He says, now listen and understand. Seven sets of seven plus 72 sets of seven will pass from the time the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem until a ruler, the anointed one comes. Jerusalem will be rebuilt with streets and strong defenses despite the perilous times. And this promise began to be fulfilled by Nehemiah. Some of you know that Nehemiah is a, a book in the Bible and Nehemiah began to rebuild the city. He began to rebuild the walls. God is always faithful to, to fulfill his promises to his 
people and church, as we seek God, God is going to fulfill his promises in your life. He's going to fulfill his promises in our church. COVID-19, chaos, listen, destruction has not caught God by surprise. And he told Israel in a dissolute state, listen, seek me and I will fulfill my promises to you. That's the kind of God we serve. He will fulfill his promises. And let me share one of the promises God is going to fulfill for us as a church. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, it says, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. Jesus said this, And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I love the King James Version. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. In spite of COVID-19, in spite of racism, in spite of division, in spite of the evil in this world, God will build his church. God will build his church. God will build his church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of the living God. God is going to build his church. God is going to use you. He's going to use me to build his church. I want to give you three key focuses for God to use us to build his church. Three key focuses. We got to be laser focused on these three for God to use us to build his church. Number one is this. People's church must stay focused on accomplishing God's vision for our church. We must stay focused on accomplishing God's vision for our church. We cannot allow the chaos in our world to get off course. Churches are going to get off course in this season and start chasing rabbits and chasing things that are not even biblical, not even in the word of God. And I'm saying, church, we've got to be laser focused on the vision that God has given us lives hanging the balance. There's a heaven and there's a hell and people need Jesus we got to stay focused. Here's our vision at People's Church, if you're new with us today. The first is simply this. Our vision is to help people know God. Know God. Luke chapter 19, verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus wants all lost people to be saved, to know God, to have a relationship with God. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation and people's church. We must not stop going into all the world, into our workplaces, into our schools, into our places of influence and sharing the good news of Jesus. We must keep sharing our faith. We must keep inviting our friends and family to church in person and online. Listen to me, what a, what a, what a, what a great season right now. As, as school is kind of starting back up and families are trying to get their feet underneath them, we got a series called Unhealthy, and there are so many people struggling with unhealth in this season. Would you let the Lord use you to invite somebody to church that people need the hope of Jesus Christ in this series? And this is a perfect series to get people to. Due to COVID-19, 
we're going to delay the launch of our Edmond campus. But we are still planning on launching our Edmond campus. We're still looking at land right now. We're still talking about buildings and looking at buildings for the Edmond campus. We're going to start more campuses so we can reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. This is not the time for the church to shrink back. It's the time for us to take ground and to reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. People's Church, can I encourage you? Keep praying. Listen, keep seeking God. Keep serving. Keep tithing. Keep giving to dream builders. Keep inviting people to church. We must continue to go. Jesus said go into all the world. He didn't say slow into all the world. He said go into all the world because people need to know God. Number two is this. Our vision is to help people grow in God. We want to see you growing in God. A scripture that's heavy on my heart in this season is Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. It says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Boy, and the burdens are heavy right now. People are burdened. I'm talking to our church family. I'm talking to people in the community. Like you are, the burdens are heavy. The struggles are real. And there are only two places in life, two places in life. The first place is you need others to help you carry your burdens. You, you need the body of Christ. You need people that will pray for you, that will encourage you, that will help you through a challenging season. And the second place in life is you need to help carry other people's burdens. You need to be somebody that prays for people, that encourages people, that helps others. Please hear this. This is so critical for people's church. There are no sideline seats available in the church. We all got to be engaged. We need that. We either need to, to be allowing somebody else to carry our heavy burdens or we need to be helping carry other people's burdens. Listen, we've got to help each other in this season. It's crazy, but it's not too big for God. It's not too big for God's church. It's not too big for God's people. Let's rally together. And here's what I want to encourage us to do September the 20th is our next small group launch. I think it's going to be one of the most pivotal and vital ones we've ever done in our church as we launch small groups and the needs and the burdens are so real. And here's what I'm asking. I'm asking everyone, would you give me six weeks? Would everybody get in a small group for just six weeks beginning September the 20th and let's take some steps toward health. Let's take some steps toward carrying each other's burdens, having other Christians coming alongside of us beginning September the 20th as we launch our small groups and grow in God. Number three is this. Our vision at People's Church is to help people discover purpose, discover their purpose. God has a purpose for every person's life. God has given every single one of us spiritual gifts did you realize about 87% of the body of Christ do not know their spiritual gifts or not using their spiritual gifts? And that's the reason we started a class called Growth Track. 
It helps people discover their spiritual gifts, their spiritual design, their wiring. And I'm, I'm kind of fired up about this. I'm in the process of, of, of reworking and recording a brand new growth track because I want to help you grow in your faith and discover your purpose so that you can make a difference. If you've never been to growth track starting the first Sunday in September, we've got a brand new updated growth track. Listen to me. If you've never been, get to growth track at People's Church. We're always improving. We're always growing so that we can better minister to people and equip people in their faith. Number four is this. Here's our vision. Help people know God, grow in God, discover purpose, make a difference. Number four, make a difference. God has created every one of us to make a difference. Make a difference. And I want to see every person that calls people's church their church home using your gifts and talents to make a difference, to help other people know Jesus, to grow in their faith. Would you let God use you? At People's Church, we call them our dream team. All the word dream team is is, is simply our volunteer leaders, people that are volunteers, our volunteer leaders. We call them the dream team. And they're making God's dream come to pass of seeing lives transformed by the power of Christ. And dream team, I haven't been able to meet with you normally in March. We uh, at that time of the year, we have a big dream team celebration event. We all come together, and we were not able to do it this year. And I want to meet with our dream team. Here's how I want to close out this season of prayer, 14 days of prayer. I want to meet with all of the dream team on August the 30th. Obviously, on August the 30th, I can't be in Oklahoma and Indianapolis, so Pastor Chris and Jamie will be meeting with all of our Indianapolis team. But I want you to get your cameras out. Come on online. Get your phones out. At least fake like you're interested in what I'm preaching on right now because I want to help you. Would you take a picture of this? So I want to meet with our dream team. And I realize for some of our dream team, you haven't been back to the building, and I totally understand. But I, I want you to know, if you're comfortable coming back, would you make this your first Sunday back, that Sunday evening, Oklahoma City at 5 p.m.? And you'll be surprised. We're social distancing. We're not hugging on one another. People, uh, I got masks. We've got masks available for you. I, we're going to be spraying down all the chairs. If you're comfortable coming back, would you make that your target date? My wife and I are going to be at the Oklahoma City campus at 5 to speak to the Dream Team. We're going to be at the Midwest City campus at 6. We're going to be at the Northwest campus at 7 p.m. so that we can invest in our Dream Team. Thank you for serving. Thank you for your hearts for making a difference. Some of you are charged up to make a difference in this season. Can we take a moment? I just want to honor and thank God for all of our dream team. Would you put your hands together and thank God for the thousands that serve? Come on. Thank God for the thousands that make the vision. I thank you for your service online, in person, and I cannot wait to meet with you and to invest in your life. We are called to know God, grow in God, discover purpose, make a difference in church number two. Here's the second key focus. It's huge. Number two is this. People's church must stay focused on being diversified and unified. Diversified and unified. A divided world needs a united church. And the world is going to become more divided. It's going to become more polarized. There's going to be more hatred. There's going to be more division. I, I, I want to equip you, people's church. In, in America, over the next few months or so, there's going to be more division. There's going to be such a divide over COVID-19, over masks, 
over social media posts, over how kids should go back to school, over race, over beliefs, over politics, over the election this fall. Don't be surprised or shocked about the divide. The world is going to be more divided, more angry, and more loud. And a divided world needs a unified church. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 3 says this to the body of Christ. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. The Bible says make every effort to keep yourselves unified. Why? You have the Holy Spirit to help you with the help of the Holy Spirit. People's church will continue to be a multicultural and multi-generational church we will be diversified and unified at the same time people's church we will not let racism politics denomination injustices masks elections or a virus divide us we will continue to tear down racial walls we will continue to tear down gender walls we will continue to tear down cultural walls and generational walls and share and show the world what it looks like to love one another the bible says in john chapter 13 verse 35 your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love. People's church, we can have different opinions and still love one another. We can disagree and still love one another. We don't have to cancel each other out. A divided world needs a unified church. A divided world needs a unified church. And people's church, we will be unified around the good news of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit will empower us to be unified in a divided world. Can I get a good amen? Number three is this. Number three is this. There's a third focus for our church for God to use us to build his church in these last days number three is this is this people's church is focused on helping your life flourish helping your life flourish I want you to flourish oh I know it's COVID-19 I know there's division and hatred I, I understand that but I want your life to flourish I want your life to thrive I really want you to win in life. I want you to have what Jesus called life and life more abundantly. And there's a big key to having a flourishing life. Psalm 92 in verse 13 says, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. People's church, you must be planted in God's house, the local church, whether that's in person or online for your life to flourish. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you're not consistently hearing the preaching of God's word, your faith is not growing. It's shrinking and your flesh is growing. You see, faith comes by hearing. But let me tell you what else comes by hearing. Flesh comes by hearing. If all you pump your mind with is the headlines of the news and you're not getting the word of God in you, your flesh is growing. You see, faith comes by hearing and so does flesh. Let me tell you what else comes by hearing. Fear comes by hearing. 
If you're not hearing the word of God preached and all you're hearing is what the world has to offer, fear comes by hearing. Let me tell you what else comes by hearing. Freaky comes by hearing. Some of you know what I'm talking about right now, huh? You don't need no interpretation. Your, your flesh is growing. Funky comes by hearing. Some of your attitudes have got a lot worse. You've got a sour, rotten attitude since COVID-19 hit. You've drifted. Flighty comes by hearing. Listen, you need to hear the word of God and not just the world. You need to have a biblical perspective and not just a world perspective. And people are planting themselves in the wrong houses. They're planting themselves at the news station house. They're planting themselves at culture house. They're planting themselves at social media house. And the Bible you're not going to thrive in your life if you plant yourself in the wrong house. You got to be planted in the house of God with the people of God in person, online, hearing the word of God preached so your faith can grow. It's key. And people's church, since the outbreak of COVID-19, 32% of committed Christians have stopped attending church in person or online. They're not attending church at all. 32% of committed Christians since March around America are no longer going to church in person or watching online. Whew. My heart is burdened that God's people are drifting into the world. And people's church, as your pastor, I have to stand up here today on the state of the church address. And I know that I'm talking maybe to some of you. And I love you. There's no condemnation. I'm saying get back in the house. Get back to watching church faithfully online. Get in the house, hearing the word of God so your life can flourish. I want you to flourish and you need to be planted in hearing God's word. It's okay. And here's how I want to help you. Throw that graph up for me. I'm calling this build God's people game plan. I want you to be built up in this season and your life flourishing. Get your cameras out. Take a picture of this, would you please? Online, would you take a picture? Because you're not going to memorize all of this. And you need to know the plan of your church. I came here to give you the state of the church address and to give you a plan so your life can flourish and win. Build God's people game plan. August the 30th, a dream team training. We're going to close out 14 days of prayer, meeting with the dream team at every specific campus. On September the 13th, we are planning our kids' classrooms opening. And I know some of you have been a little frustrated. And I understand you, you, that a lot of churches open up their kids' ministry in June. I, I understand that. I know that there have been summer youth camps and summer kids' camps all summer. I realize that. And I know that we've been more slow and more cautious. We've been studying. We've been going to other churches and visiting other churches. We've been learning best practices. We didn't want to rush back. And I know that's irritated some of you, but thank you for hanging with your pastor. And letting us educate ourselves and letting us learn so that we could open up as safely as possible. And on September 13th, we are working towards opening up our kids' classrooms at all of our campuses so that we can get the word of God into our children. And listen to me, church family. Our online engagement with our kids and our student curriculum has went down significantly. 
Listen, if you're not back in person, you've got to get your kids. Listen, those lessons we put on the website every week, you've got to get your kids engaged in, in biblical, in the word of God. And you've got to have them getting a biblical worldview, not just a world worldview. You've got to get God's word in your children, in your students. On September the 16th, Epic Student Ministries are on site. Services begin on September the 16th. And my kids want to start running all around the church right now because they are ready to get back to Epic and I mean, no, it's always bad news when you got to tell your kids. They're like, when are we starting back epic? I don't know. You know what I mean? They kind of roll their eyes at me a little bit. But we're planning on opening back up to invest in our students to get in the word of God in them on September the 16th. On September the 20th, this is, circle this date on your calendar, everybody. It's back to church Sunday, either in person or online. I am passionate as your pastor we will not be a church with that statistic of 32 percent some of you just hopped on today back online and you didn't even realize that you drifted and that's how lukewarmness works you don't even realize you drifted i'm saying hey 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 church hey 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 it's your pastor i love you i want what's best for you get back to church in person or online begin september 20th get planted so your life can flourish so your relationships can flourish so your finances can flourish so your thinking can flourish get planted and don't keep getting planted in social media don't get planted all up in the headline news get planted in God's house and hearing the word of God otherwise you're gonna get carnal you're gonna get fleshly you're gonna drift away from God so I'm saying a four-week challenge a four-week challenge let's get some new habits started this fall would you commit starting September the 20th to be in church four weeks in a row on in person or online pastor four weeks I'm gonna get myself back into the habit because I want my life to flourish. Church, we're in a spiritual battle. And you only win a spiritual battle with spiritual weapons. It first starts in the spiritual before you fight in the physical. And church, it's time to fight. It's time to fight for our families, fight for our faith, fight for our cities, fight for our children, fight for holiness, fight for purity, fight with prayer and fasting, fight with the word, fight with church, fight with worship. Ah, somebody got to fight. Come on, would you sing this song? Would you stand with me around your building? Would you stand with me in your home? Will somebody fight today? Will somebody fight today? Will somebody fight with worship?